0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans for fans with Joel and Kim. Today, we'll be looking back on all the action from round two at the Australian Open, which I guess, again, proved to be quite serene progress for the top seeds in both the men and women's uh, draws. So, yeah, Kim, I I feel like we're we're due an upset and we haven't really had one yet, so to speak.
1: Yeah, the tournament has so far been devoid of any kind of real controversies or dramatic uh you know comebacks or upsets I I don't know it's it's maybe round three is where it's at it's gonna happen over the weekend um yeah so far like top seeds plain sailing I mean Rafa got taken to a tie break today um you know (laughs) but apart from that you like he ran away with the third set Novak yesterday and Federer absolute kind of blitz their opponents uh you know, it was very clinical from both of them, uh, It you know, over extremely quickly. Like, I think Djokovic's match was like 95 minutes. Federer was done in 92 minutes. So, mm. you know, I mean, especially Federer, looking at his draw now, he's not even going to face anyone in the top 40 until the quarterfinals. I know. Um, no seeded players, because in his section of the draw, we've had Dimitrov losing and Chep- Hovalov, who, you know, could have been his fourth round opponent. Um, so he's I know he's got John Milman next, who, you know, has some history with Federer at a Grand Slam, but do we think it could possibly happen again? I, I don't think that's on the cards, even though Milman is at home in yeah, front of the I,
0: crowd. I feel like the reason Federer lost to Milman in the US Open um last time out was more to do with the roof and the the you know the atmosphere, the uh, what the roof did to the tennis court more i guess than arguably John Milman because you remember it was like Roger Federer sweating and everyone was like oh my yeah. god i never <laughs> seen Roger Federer sweat so much before um so i think yeah i'm i don't think the conditions are going to play as as big a factor and as you said federer has looked really good so far i think i said i think i read the other day that he's dropped the least amount of games going into you know round three of the Australian Open he has done in his whole career, um, and yeah, to think that you know he has played no warm up events, um, you know it, it's just so he's got no signs of rust, and yeah, he's conserving himself very well for um, you know for the potentially for the last stage of the tournament, and his draw is helping him out big time because yeah, as you said, he couldn't, he, I don't think he could face a, a seeded player before the quarterfinals and even so I mean Fognini he's still in his his quarter he's already played 10 sets of tennis so yeah you know, I, it seems has. yeah it seems like the draw gods have been very favorable on, on Roger Federer so far
1: yeah I think Federer actually out of the top three has actually looked the cleanest and then the most efficient and possibly in the best form so far oh. Um but obviously as the matches you know, technically should be getting tougher like things can change I still would pick Djokovic over Federer when they come and play each other in, in the semi-finals if, if they both get that far um, I mean one thing on Federer I know we were talking about Dimitrov's tracksuit and, and this kind of Nike outfit that people are wearing uh, with the dots on that's a bit you know out there but I love Federer's outfit um, I really love I think I've never seen him wear such a nice outfit I'm loving his like aubergine-coloured, like, shorts and headband. When I saw that, I was just like, wow, that is so nice. But um, anyway, um, let's go back to the tennis. Uh, Talking of Dimitrov, yeah, I I watched him lose. I saw – I think I woke up and saw the fifth set with him and Tommy Paul. Incidentally, Tommy Paul was wearing the shirt um, that matched Grigor's tracksuit. But, yeah, Tommy Paul was actually two sets up. Grigor fought back and actually served for the match at 5-4 in the 5th. Was just two points away, and then Tommy Paul, um, yeah, he kind of dominated that tiebreak. And like we've seen a bit of him before because he was actually a very high-ranked junior player. He won Roland Garros Juniors a couple of years ago, but um, actually in the last twelve months, he's kind of got into the top hundred. He's he's making a bit of a name for himself, and I don't know how far he could go in this tournament. But um, it's just nice always to see a player kind of start to fulfil their kind of potential, I suppose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's certainly, there's certainly a good opening for him. I think he could play Fuscovitz next, which again, will be a quite tricky opponent. And, you know, I actually don't know how much, um, how much fuel is left in the tank for Tommy Paul, because, you know, this was a pretty brutal, you know, match, you know, Physically and mentally, you know, going up two sets and then Dimitrov coming back and then, you know, to have that mental strength to kind of bring it out in the the final set tiebreak in the fifth. Um, but yeah, he he's a he's an interesting, you know, exciting new prospect, I guess, for American tennis. You know, twenty two years old. You know, I feel like American tennis over the last few years has just kind of been dominated by kind of John Isner. I mean, we had a bit of Jack Sock, um, Taylor Fritz
1: but- now, yeah, Taylor Fritz, yeah, I true. Francis T.F.O. They have got a good. Um- you know, group of young, of youngsters coming through, Riley Apelka. So actually I think American men's tennis and women's tennis, they've, they've got a lot more prospects than they did say five years ago. Um But yeah, he, he's going to be playing Martin Fuksovic, who actually um, took out Shapovalov in the first round, didn't he? And then in the second round, he beat Yannick Zinner, who, as we know, won the next-gen finals at the end of last year and is maybe like the leading uh, next-gen player. Um and I don't I was interested to see actually how Sinner would do here, but he hasn't really done anything of, of note, but um, you know, there's still plenty of time for that. Um, and incidentally, a lot of the next-gen, um, the next-geners who were in the top eight in the race to Milan last year, all of them uh, have pretty much gone in the first round. So Ugo Umbert, Casper Rudd, uh, Kekmanovic, OJ Alicina, they're all out. So it's not a tournament really for the next-gen, is it? <laughs> so yeah. far
0: Apart from obviously, apart from Sissopas, hmm. I think it is interesting that yeah, I, I I don't know what, I don't know what the reason is or you know if it's just a blip, um, or it just kind of just shows you how hard it is for you know uh pl- you know new players on tour, young players on tour to make their breakout, but particularly at Grand Slam level, you know I think we've seen these players you know do things on you know on the regular tour in you know kind of like two fifty level, but it just kind of shows you that. Grand Slams is almost kind of a different beast, and it takes that. Maybe it takes that little bit longer to adapt to, and it requires that little bit more experience. Because yeah, Yeah, if you look at you look at some of the players that have kind of gone out in round, you know, round one. Um, you know, it was part of that sort of next-gen sort of group, uh, you know, Ogier, Aliassime, Shapovalov, T- I mean, TFO had a quite a hard draw. but Yeah, um... Medvedev
1: first round. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't expect, you know, I mean, Sitsipas, it was only this time last year that he kind of did anything at a Grand Slam, wasn't it? So I think, mm. yeah, they need to have a good, uh, maybe it just takes, obviously it takes time and Grand Slam's a whole different ball game. A lot of them, I think, need to sort out their scheduling, um, as does Dan Evans, incidentally, who, lost in the second round to um, Yoshiko Nishioka um, in straight sets. It was quite a disappointing lacklustre performance, but I, mean, Dan Evans has never beaten Nishioka before. So it's just not a good matchup for Dan. I think he
0: was, yeah, I think he was feeling the effects from his, his first match, which was, you went to five sets yeah. and uh, you know, I think he admitted in his kind of interview afterwards that he just didn't feel right on the tennis court and you know i think there's kind of been some chatter about you know his exertions in the atp cup you know the fact that he had uh, good success in adelaide you know the week before i think he you know he's always he's almost kind of admitted to himself that he he probably he probably should have played adelaide if he wanted to you know, you have a good run at the Grand Slam because you know he stepped on court against um against Nishio and he just didn't just didn't feel all there and and maybe yeah maybe it's kind of the start of the season has kind of caught up caught up with him a little bit.
1: Yeah, what I thought was interesting is he said that he was he felt at a bit of a loose end last week, so he went to Adelaide and you know he did fairly well, <laughs> got to the quarterfinals, but he said you know this is the first time in his career where he hasn't like needed to play every single week on the tour because he's actually you know maybe going a bit further in into tournaments and getting you know into higher ranked events and getting more prize money so he's not like just chasing you know money to survive on the circuit and i think it it's just a mind shift isn't it when you think oh actually i i really don't actually need to play that tournament i can like give myself my and my body the time to like rest and recover um, which is going to be more sustainable in the long term and keep me, you know, in the top top 30 in the world and top 50, et cetera. I mean, as a result of going to Adelaide, he did um, go up in the rankings, 10 places. So, you know, it had its, its its effects. But yeah, I think he'll, well, he'll, it's a learning curve, isn't it? And I mean, it's great that he is in this new found territory at this stage of his career.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, being a seed, yeah, I think being a seeded player, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like almost that sort of, that switch up to yeah, thinking about your your scheduling um, because yeah, I don't know. I mean, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to you know have a week off and just kind of chance it? Hope you get a good draw for a you know a grand slam, or would you prefer to play it? Maybe get more ranking points, um, you know, and and have an easier sort of draw, you know, easier sort of draw in like a you know a two fifty. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a, you know, some, I think some players like to approach it a bit differently.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to just be a learning process. Like maybe this time next year, should he be in in the same scenario where he might, you know, um, he he might decide not to play, but I mean, yeah, it'll see the ATP cup. If he hadn't done that, I'm sure he would have, Maybe been alright. I don't know. It's just, yeah, the schedule. <laughs> you can go on and on at length about it. But um, interestingly, as well, um, I think in his post match interview, he well, not on the court, but you know, in the press, he said um, he's not going to be playing the Olympics. Uh, he's he's preferring just to concentrate on on the hard court swing out in the U.S. And for him, he's he's not really fussed about the Olympics. He sees it more um, as kind of like an individual an individual event like he's not sort of big on his um you know like fighting for your radar. country you know it's not yeah. as big as like the davis cup which which is a fair comment a lot of players have said that it's it's you know not always been an olympic sport has it it's not one of those sports that that needs the olympics to to have it you know it's it exists on its own without the olympics perfectly fine I,
0: yeah so, i think for, for players those sorts of players like dan evans where you know you've got that toss up between, well, I could play this event for a gold medal, quite unlikely, but, you know, could get a gold medal, or I could get, you know, ranking points in the bank whilst everyone is off, you know, at the whilst all the big players are off at the Olympics. You know, I think that's quite a, you know, for, you know, a player that's kind of like, you know, around kind of like, you know, number 30 in the world or whatever, you know, that's probably quite a tantalising sort of prospect, the fact that, you know, I could, start early in in the US hard court season get Some points on the board where the competition might not be as fierce because, yeah, mm. everyone else is in, in Japan, so he might be able to win sure. his
1: first ATP title. Well,
0: exactly, um, you know, it's
1: come close before. Um, I'm, like, sure close, we, but, yeah. I'm
0: sure we're going to hear a few other players probably do the same, a similar sort of thing. Um, but but we'll see. I think it also opens the door. I mean, I don't know what that means for Andy Murray. Are we going to see Andy Murray at the Olympics because you know, the Olympics is going to be a best of three set event, so you know, it's not going to be as exerting as kind of a you know grand like a grand slam so you know does that who does that open up the, the 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 door for in terms of british players we'll we'll see but um yeah moving on to kind of today um as well for the men uh again we had kind of some serene progress less um less surprisingly daniel medvedev came through spanish qualifier 756163 alex verev though as well is is kind of coming through as well straight sets victory i mean he played a person that i'm not gonna i'm gonna hold my hand up king have never heard of um you but mean again, you've never heard
1: of igor Garasimov?
0: i, I, I would be amazed <laughs> listeners have you ever heard of igor Gorasimov? Um, apologies uh, yeah i'm not not Totally aware, but yeah, he's, he's into the third round. Yeah, although Zip- Zverev,
1: I think, you know, good karma here. Zverev has said for every match he wins, he's donating $10,000 to the Bushfire Fund. And if he wins the tournament, he'll be donating his entire prize money <laughs> to the uh, Bushfire um, Fund. So probably not going to happen, but he's he's put it out there. So I think in a way, everyone's kind of willing Zverev to go as far as he can. Um, I mean, it, it, wouldn't it be funny if he did win the tournament and... You know. I mean, I just think what, what a story that would be. But hey. Um but yeah, Dominic Team um is through as well, but struggled somewhat against uh Aussie wildcard Alex Bolt. So team had to come back from well, two sets to one down, uh, to win in five. So again, team I know we said this in our preview episode. For for us, or I think we both agree on this, he's he's not really doing anything to suggest he's gonna go really deep at this event
0: no I well no I'd still I'm still kind of expecting him I mean I haven't I haven't checked up on his draw but I'm still sort of expecting him maybe a fourth round quarterfinal maybe at most but yeah I mean uh, yeah I think that he's kind of uh I'm still I'm still waiting for him I think he needs a like a marquee victory and I haven't really seen uh, you know I haven't really seen if the fact that he's going to do that so yeah I still think Medvedev is looking very good Federer looking very I think Federer's been looking the best so far yeah I would agree Um, so
1: far um and he's also got the best outfit uh hands down (laughs) I just I'm in love with his outfit (laughs) I don't normally go on about Federer and what he's wearing but I just love that purple um yeah we also had I think Taylor Fritz and Kevin Anderson were in a five setter and it I thought that would be a five set match from when I heard that they would be playing each other, and I think Taylor Fritz came through in the fifth on that one, and oh, really? so yeah, also Andrea Seppi and Stan the Man they were also in a fifth set, and Stan won in five, um and you know Andrea Seppi always plays five sets that one i think had five sets written all over it he loves playing
0: australia because he did he did well obviously to get through uh to you i think he lost to carl edmund two years ago in round four um he seems to be he, he seems to be like i don't hear about him apart from at grand slams where he's like in five set battles with players have ranked above him but, he is like um, a
1: stalwart of, of men's tennis I remember when I first went to Wimbledon I saw I think my first match was Andrea Seppi against Leighton Hewitt Wow, or what a something match. along those lines <laughs> and that was in like 2008 so amazing <laughs> yeah um, anyway let's go for a quick ad break and then we'll be back to discuss um, the women's side of the draw Okay, so Joel, again, uh, you know, we're talking about smooth sailing for men. men's top seeds. It's been pretty smooth for the top seeds in the women's um, event as well, because like yesterday we had Ash Barty, Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka all going through in straight sets. Um, I think uh, Serena, I watched a bit of that match. You know, the second set, she kind of, it, it was a bit of a, you know, she had to kind of dig a bit deeper, let's just say that much, um, to get past Tamara Zidanzek. Um, but it was always, you know, no question that she would mm. she would win it in, in two, uh, from my perspective. Um and then, you know, Barty, she kind of sailed through Osaka as well. I mean, probably what's more interesting is who they're gonna be playing next, because in the third round, Barty will be up against Rybakina, who,
0: Rybukina. Mm. you know,
1: has has been in very impressive form in the first two weeks of the season, has only lost one match so far this year. Um, really up and coming, you know, young player. Yeah,
0: I think that's going to be, I think that will be a test because, yeah, Rybakina has been in very good form. Um, you, know, uh, you know, she had that match against Heather Watson in in Hobart. Did she win? Did she win Hobart? Or did she gets the final. She
1: won Hobart, she won and she Hobart. lost the final of Shenzhen the week before. So uh, yeah, it.
0: yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think that she's going to be under an examination there. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think we're I think we're all licking our lips. Serena Williams, uh, is going to be playing Coco Golf. No, Grand no,
1: Asaka's playing golf. Oh, sorry. Just, yeah,
0: apologies. I got confused because there's that video. Serena you know the post-match conference there was a video of Serena Williams and Coco Hoff being best mates and doing a little doing a little dance routine together yeah
1: apparently they trained together over the winter which I didn't realize but part of their pre-season block they trained together um
0: they're gonna be bringing that out in Fed Cup aren't they
1: well I mean yeah I mean I think it's great like I just and also at the end of that video Serena did the splits and I just can't watch people doing the splits because I've just (laughs) I could just I'm just scared that people's hamstrings are just gonna tear and i just have this, you know, like cringy moment. But um yeah. Uh no, Coco Golf will be playing Osaka. Um obviously the winner of that could then face Serena at the quarterfinal stage. But um I mean it's interesting because Coco Golf came up against Osaka at the US Open and Osaka thrashed her really. She, you know, three in love. Do we think that golf will fare better this time round?
0: I, I'd like to think so because, you know, I think the match, that match last time, I think it was more remembered for that like heart to heart they had at, at, at the end mm. at, at the net where, you know, they did like a, they did the post match interview together, which was, you know, which was amazing and almost, it was a moment that sort of transcended tennis. But I'd like to think this time we're going to be remembering Osaka Goff for the, the tennis that was played during it. And I'm kind of hoping for a, another, um, yeah i'm hoping for a a lot closer affair i think goff has looked pretty good i mean i know she got taken to you know third set and she had to dig deep to win seven five i think against a but um yeah i i'm i still expect Osaka to come through that but i wouldn't be surprised if it's a kind of a more of a a tight two sets i think Mm. for me
1: yeah, I mean, I would like to see it as a closer match, definitely. Um, I assume that's going to be the night session uh, for, for Friday as well. Um, and then another another player that um, had a really pleasing victory was Caroline Wozniaki, who is going to retire after this tournament, but she's still going on. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe she could make a, a little run here, but she beat um, Yastremska, who... You know, he's a very up-and-coming player, now coached by Sasha Bashin. Yeah. And, you know, actually should have maybe won the match because she was a breakup in both of those sets. But Caro, like, fought back and and clinched them both 7-5. And then there was a bit of aggro because I think before... Um, when I don't know exactly what point of the match, but um, Diana Yastroeska called a medical yeah. timeout, which she seems to a habit of doing.
0: It was 5-4 down in the second set. Oh, right, uh, it okay. It was literally worst, like, most, like, least gamesmanship moment you could probably call a medical timeout. Yes, Strzemsky did. She's pleaded her innocence in post-match interview, but it was interesting that wozniaki was kind of aware um was aware of these. I think she quoted it as kind of these she, she can get up to her own tricks. Um and but she was able to block that out. And um yeah Wozniaki she could go and face her long well long time friend long time rival serena williams in the forefront mm, which would be round, yeah that would be an incredible way to well i would assume an incredible way to to bow out yeah. against your you know long time rival um cuz i don't you know going into the tournament i don't i wouldn't i don't think we were going we were really expecting her to kind of you know make a, as much a, as much of it as as she has cuz i you know i woke up in the morning and saw your are losing towards Wozniacki in straight sets. And yeah, I was, I was very surprised. And I was like, instantly on WhatsApp messaging my friends. So like, did you see that result? Cause yeah, it did, did raise my eyebrow, Kim.
1: I guess, you know, Wozniacki's, she's quite relaxed. She's quite happy. She's, you know, chosen to retire. And she's probably, you know, you would think pleased about that decision. It's been a long time coming. She really wants to kind of get on with the next phase of her life. So she's probably just very relaxed and thinking, I'm just going to go for it and, you know, see what happens. And obviously this is, the event that she won two years ago for her her only slam win, so it's got fond memories for her. So I think, yeah, it would be really nice if she could set up that match with Serena in the fourth round. Come um, on, Mosniaki. Yeah. On I'd, I'd like to see her have one last. Right? I think, I think she'd like to, to maybe end it against Serena. I mean, end it in an she session. could beat Serena. That would be, well, uh, that, would know, be that would be enough.
0: If she, let's, let's hypothetically say that happened. Would what, you reconsider? won the tournament. Would you reconsider retirement?
1: Um, Well, yeah, I know. I mean, what if she won the the title again?
0: I know, (laughs) I know she's been saying that, oh, I've been playing tennis since 15 years old, blah, blah, Mm. blah. But, but, you know, it it just shows you that she's still, you know, she's still, you know, she's still got it in her. She's still got that ability. And yeah, maybe we should just fast forward two years and wait for the Wozniacki uh, comeback. well, come, come, coming out of retirement video Ala Kim closest. She
1: is only 29 so I do certainly think she could go off have some kids mm. come back at th- age 35 and you know I mean I, it is a possibility but um I know she also yeah, has see. um the like rheumatoid arthritis that I think you know obviously is affecting um maybe the decision as well so but yeah we, it could happen uh, we'll see um but let's have a look Uh Carolina Plishkova is also through second seed um there Belinda Benchic came through also against Ostapenko. So that was a bit of a tight one, 7-5, seven, 7-5. Five, seven, five. That could have been a, a very cracking three-set match. You know, I was kind of had my eye on that one. But yeah, Benchich came through. Um, one of your favourites, Joel, Garbina Muguruza. Yeah. She... Uh, Contin- Came, continuing her way came through, through top, Tom Lanovich yeah <laughs> three
0: popsy-turvy three set battles uh yeah if she could do that all the way that'd be fantastic yeah well uh, you never know but, and
1: she I think is gonna be playing either Svitolina or Lauren Davis next um which is actually five all in the second set at the moment Svit- Svitolina's taken the first set so I think Davis was a breakup um Svitolina's just pegged back so mm. that could uh, could potentially go either way because Davis, you know, almost beat Hallep here two years ago in that sort of completely epic match. <laughs> um, and then Kerber's through and another, you know, ex-world number one, ex-Slam winner, perhaps going on a run. I don't know. Um, and then actually Danielle Collins, I was expecting her to to go a bit further in this tournament based on her form in the run-up. She lost to Putintseva in three sets. So I, I reckon the handshake might have been not the friendliest at the end of that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because Danielle Collins had, she was in decent form, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, Part of the season, but, uh, you know, Putin's always a fiery and a a combative, shall we say, opponent. Mm. Um, But let's move on also to the Brits because let's talk about Heather Watson and Harriet Dart because Heather Watson had a round one match that was after our round one catch up. Yeah. So let's just celebrate the fact that Heather Watson uh, beat uh, was it Christina Pushkova? Christina
1: Pushkova, yeah, the other yeah, Pushkova, in
0: three yeah. sets, which took her through to face Elise Mertens, who she you would have thought had you know fond memories of having beaten her in. Did she beat her in Hobart last? Yeah. Was it in Hobart last week? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that was you know very good, very good victory, but um, yeah, just was not able to put that out that sort of performance. Um, today, uh, she lost. Um, yeah, she lost three in love to Mertens. I think I think a lot of the players actually have been saying the the wind on the outside courts over the last few days has been really blustery and has been a real kind of challenge to to adapt to. And although you know Hever was kind of able to adapt to it in her first round match, um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah wasn't able to against Mertens, who proved to be too too formidable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, sadly, we have no British players in the singles third round because Harriet Dart also lost. Um, she did have a slightly tougher tougher opponent, Simona Halep. She was on the night session on Rod Laver. Um, 6-2, 6-4. But she, she kind of made yeah. a little comeback in the second set. You know, I, I think I woke up and turned it on and it was sort of 6-2 and then Halep was a breakup. And I thought, oh, you know, this is going to go away fast. But Harriet Dart, you know, stuck in there and... Um. Yeah, she made Halep work for it in that second set. So, yeah, she's yeah, think- better than her um, hmm. match against Sharapova on the same you know, court think- last
0: year. I think she went into that match saying, "Look." Sort of, I guess, like Katie Boulter did against Fitalina, you know, I'm going to go into this match and use this as a measuring stick of, you know, where, where my performance is at. And I think she can take real heart from that second set when, you know, she, I think she was down, I don't know what it was, like 4 1 or 5 1. And she was able to recover one of those breaks. And she really kind of pushed Hallep when she was, um, you know, serving for the match the second time, um, so, yeah, I think she can take really good um, heart from her performance and from, you know, just generally coming through qualifying as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, in Melbourne. She obviously loves loves playing here. Um, but, yeah, sadly, no singles players left uh, for the Brits across the men and women's draws. Um, what well, is it's, you know, I think you know, going into the tournament, if you had told me that Harriet Dart was going to be the last last Brit standing, <laughs> you know, I would have... Yeah, I would have yeah, I definitely would have been looking at you with a puzzled expression. But um, you know, I'm kind of happy that happened, but at the same time I just kind of wish, you know, with Dan Evans, you know oh, I just wish he could have got to that, that third round match against Novak Djokovic.
1: Yeah, that would have been that would have been nice. But, you know, um I'm sure come Roland Garros, our British players will perform (laughs) tremendously. And, you know, it just, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Um, You know, Harriet Dart, though, she's proving that when she does, you know, qualify for slams or get wild cards, she really does make the most of it. um, Because, was it last year at Wimbledon? She reached the third round, I think. Um, She had some really, you know, impressive form going in there. So I think, you know, she's she's proving that she's a really, um, really good fighter on the court and, is definitely making the most of like opportunities that are coming her way. So I definitely want to see more of her, um, you know, in the slams and hopefully she can get her ranking up where she doesn't need to qualify. Um, You know, that's probably obviously her aim at the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just a kind of a couple of other results that have come in that I think are of note, Uh, you know, we're talking about retiring players and, you know, Suarez Navarro, who took out Sabalenka in round one. uh, Unfortunately, she went the other way towards the Aki and lost uh, to Sviatek, who, she's kind of like 15, she's so like 15 years old? I don't she's think like she's written. still
1: 15, but I think Is she, she was 15, 15 or- like two years ago <laughs> or something. Um, but it, that's a bit frustrating for Sabalenka, I think, because, you know, you lose to Suarez Definitely. Navarro and then, you know, Suarez Navarro then doesn't even like carry on winning. Even, it wasn't even that competitive. Yeah, it yeah. was it was straight sets. Um and then yeah, also Caroline Garcia, um, who is not retiring by the way, um at least I <laughs> hope not, <laughs> she is sort of having a really bad run of form at the moment. She's she's can't win any matches, basically. She she lost to on Givor who, you know, had beaten Conter in the first round. So honorable now play Wozniaki. Um mm-hmm. and yeah just Onsibor I th- I'm saying her name wrong. Ons Um yeah it's just interesting because you know she I think is she is the first Arab woman in history to now reach the third round at a Grand Slam. So she's making history for you know, for for Muslim um, players and for, you know, North Africa. I think last year she was voted, she came to London to pick up an award for kind of the best female Muslim athlete. Um, you know, she was voted that. So, like, she's making, you know, history-breaking records in her own right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see actually what she does against Wozniacki. Um So, yeah, just thought, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll be back, I suppose, in two days' time to round up
0: yes all the action from
1: round three
0: yes we we do uh we do have our own i mean tennis is our lives but we're Alive. not going to be recording on. <laughs> we're not going to be recording on Saturday night. We'll be recording our round three stroke, round four catch up on Sunday morning. So if you're looking for your catch up, uh, yes, it will be out uh, Sunday uh, morning UK time. So have a look for it then. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this round two catch up. As always, if you want to keep up to date with the passing shots and all of our catch ups, remember to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform you are listening to. We're on Apple and Spotify. Um, If you are listening to us on Apple and you're really enjoying the coverage, uh, make sure to leave us a rating um, and a comment. And if you want to follow us on social media as well, uh, we're tweeting at passing shot pod. um, And we're also on Facebook and Instagram with the same handle. Um, And if you want to email the show as well, uh, you can do uh, it's passingshotpod at gmail.com. But uh, yeah. I uh, hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, we're gonna, well, I'm gonna go back to work, Kim. But uh, I don't know what you.
1: <laughs> I'm going to work in a second. So yeah, sadly, tennis isn't completely our lives, and we have regular uh, yeah. talks that we have yeah. to
0: attend to. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, yes, we'll be back uh, Sunday morning. Hope you can join us then. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.